You are now listening to British Brothers, the True Cry Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to British Murders, the podcast that focuses exclusively on British murder cases and serial killers. I'm your host Stuart Blues and this is the second episode of season 9. Before we get into it, let's break the ice as we always do. The show's first opening icebreaker segment is this. True facts that sound like bullshit. If a roe deer feeds on a tree... The tree will increase its production of salicylic acid because of the saliva left behind. This signals the plant to increase the production of specific tannins. The result is that the deer loses its appetite for the tree's shoots and buds due to the acid's bitter taste. (laughs) What am I doing with these facts? Now it's time for the show's final opening icebreaker segment. Random quote of the day. Ancient trees are precious. There is little else on earth that plays host to such a rich community of life within a single living organism. That was said by Sir David Attenborough. I'm going to start picking random themes for my weekly random facts and quotes. FYI, this one was trees, clearly, for some reason. Christ knows why I thought about trees. Feel free to send me any suggestions. This case was suggested by Charlie Jennings via the contact page on BritishMurders.com. We're in the town of Accrington this week, located within the borough of Hindburn in Lancashire. Here are five quick-fire facts about Accrington. Number one, the Accrington Pals were a battalion of soldiers raised locally during the First World War. Between 1916 and 1918, the battalion lost over 700 men and hundreds more were badly injured. Number two, Accrington's most famous product is bricks. Accrington's red bricks are very dense and hard-wearing. This is because of the clay, called shale, which is dug out of quarries on the hills above the town. Apparently, Accrington red bricks were used in the construction of the Empire State Building and for the foundations of Blackpool Tower. Number three, the fabric called terrylene was invented in Accrington in 1941. Its scientific name is polyethylene terephthalate, a.k.a. PET, and it's the most common thermoplastic polymer resin of the polyester family. Number four, the town is also famous for its local football team, Accrington Stanley. I paused there because I hope a few of you shouted, Who are they? after I said that. If you know, you know. And number five, the late Jim Bowen, the former host of TV show Bullseye, attended Accrington Grammar School and grew up just outside the town. You may recall my John Cooper episode from season one, He was known as the Bullseye Killer as he appeared on the show in the late 80s. Jim Bone was the host when Cooper made his infamous appearance. As of the 2011 census, the estimated population of Accrington was 35,456. Let me quickly advise you that this podcast contains elements that may be alarming to some listeners. As always, listener discretion is advised. I'm going to start this episode with some shocking statistics courtesy of the Femicide Census, a unique source of information about women who have been killed by men in the UK and the men who have killed them. In 2020, a total of 110 women were killed by men in the UK. This statistic highlights the ongoing issue of gender-based violence and the need for action to be taken to prevent these tragic deaths. 
It's important to note that out of the 111 men implicated in these killings, only 79 have been held accountable for their actions through either pleading guilty or being found guilty in court. In some cases where the perp was detained under the Mental Health Act or killed themselves before being convicted, they were still deemed responsible for their crimes against women. I mention those stats because this episode focuses on the tragic death of Lindsay Burbeck, a 47-year-old mother of two who was murdered in what appears to have been a completely random attack by a 16-year-old boy whom she'd never even met. Lindsay worked as a high-level teaching assistant at Igton Hill Primary, an inclusive school with high expectations for all of its learners. The school was located around four miles northeast of her home on Burnley Road in Accrington. In a darkly ironic twist, something which was later pointed out by her daughter Sarah, Lindsay would have likely taught boys similar to the 16-year-old that ended her life. The devoted teacher and mum would have done her utmost to help him had he been a pupil at Igton Hill, which shows just how much of an asset she was to then-head teacher Kate Marnie. An avid lover of art and all things creative, Lindsay would frequently create elaborately detailed displays and props for the school's dramatic seasonal productions. Sarah Burbeck, who was 16 or 17 at the time of her mum's death, was Lindsay's youngest child, with her eldest being Stephen, or Stee, who was three years older than his sister. The siblings shared the same father, Tim Burbeck, but he was separated from their mum. Lindsay had many passions, including music, especially that of Swedish supergroup ABBA, as well as walks in the countryside and relaxing holidays abroad to European islands where nothing but constant sunshine was the norm. A keen keep-fit enthusiast, Lindsay looked after herself physically whilst also knowing how to have a good time with her friends and family. She was a happy, smiling woman that loved her rewarding job and was excited about watching her kids mature as they progressed through adulthood. Despite all these positive aspects of Lindsay's life, tragedy struck when she went missing on Monday, August 12, 2019 whilst taking one of her beloved nature walks near her home. That morning, Lindsay had taken Sarah out for the day, with the plan being to look for and purchase a new uniform for the upcoming school year. The mum and daughter pairing enjoyed each other's company greatly, so the hours flew by as they always do when you're having fun. They went their separate ways at around 2.30pm, but had made plans to reconvene at Lindsay's house at 6pm so that she could cook dinner for Sarah and her boyfriend. As she did so frequently, Lindsay donned her walking gear and headed down Burnley Road towards Peel Park and the Coppice, the largest local nature reserve in Lancashire. Located just over a mile from Lindsay's home, the Coppice is the name given to the area's summit, with walkers being able to use a network of numerous paths to reach their destination. Once at the summit, it's said that you could see Blackpool Tower on a clear day. Lindsay was caught walking along Burnley Road just after 4pm, which would have given her plenty of time to enjoy her stroll, take in the view and get back in time for tea with her evening visitors. When Sarah and her boyfriend arrived, Lindsay was nowhere to be seen. There was no reason Sarah could think of that would have meant that her mum would not be at home or be late for their arrival. An emergency? Perhaps, but it wasn't like Lindsay to not let her family know where she was. After waiting at the house for an hour or so, Sarah and her boyfriend made their way home. She tried contacting her mum several times, unaware that, tragically, Lindsay had already been killed. Later that night, Sarah raised the alarm and contacted the police to report her mum as missing. 
Various search and rescue teams were dispatched, including Mountain Rescue and volunteers from Lancashire Constabulary and Lancashire Fire and Rescue Service. Many people from the local community joined the search for Lindsay Burbeck, but each of them came up short. She didn't know then that she would never see her mum alive again, but Sarah had a sinking feeling in her stomach that something terrible had happened. The day after Lindsay disappeared, Steve Burbeck tweeted the following. If anyone sees my mum, please contact me or the police. She is missing from Accrington, Hapton area since yesterday afternoon. Her phone isn't ringing, it's so not like her. Police have released some CCTV footage of her walking down Burnley Road, Accrington, towards the town centre at 4.10pm, Monday 12th August. It received thousands of likes and retweets, with many commenters passing on their hopes that his mum would be found soon. Steve's tweet was posted on the back of a similar Facebook post by Hindburn Police, who posted a missing person appeal for Lindsay earlier in the day. Steve posted another tweet later that week which read, It's the fifth day my mum has been missing. Please may everyone keep an eye out or come out with any information at all. Thank you. The next time Steve tweeted would come three days after his mum's body was found. Now it's a true crime cliche that it's always a dog walker who finds the body of someone who has been murdered. This story is no different. On August 24th, 2019, a walker out for a Saturday morning stroll with a pooch stumbled across a horrifying sight. As they made their way through Accrington Cemetery, they noticed the naked body of a woman who appeared to have been hastily buried in a makeshift shallow grave. Dental records would soon confirm the woman's identity as being that of Lindsay Burbeck. Her body had been wrapped in some plastic sheeting prior to being buried. Within the layers of sheeting was grass which had been sourced from somewhere other than the cemetery, which meant that Lindsay's body had been transported from elsewhere. The dog walker, along with several other eagle-eyed passers-by, noticed something else which appeared rather out of place for the grounds of a cemetery, a blue wheelie bin. That gave police officers their first major clue with which they could begin their murder investigation. A subsequent search of the cemetery led to Lindsay's shoes being recovered from a nearby skip. Bizarrely, the soles of her shoes had been cut off, and according to one source, her killer's DNA was later found on them. Initially, Lindsay's friends and family thought she may have suffered an accident whilst out walking, but as more details surrounding her death came to light, it became clear that she had been murdered. Home office pathologist Dr Naomi Carter performed Lindsay's post-mortem and has gone on record stating that the mum of two's injuries were some of the most severe she has seen during her two-decade-long career. Lindsay's cause of death was neck injuries sustained after being stamped, kicked, knelt on, or perhaps all three. It was also revealed that a crude attempt had been made by Lindsay's killer to amputate one of her legs, but it proved unsuccessful. Bringing our story back to the blue wheelie bin, the investigating officers knew that it had to have been dragged to the cemetery by someone, so they did the logical thing. They trawled through approximately 3,000 hours worth of CCTV footage around the village of Huncourt, where Lindsay lived, until their efforts were finally rewarded. A week before Lindsay's body was found, and five days after she disappeared, CCTV cameras spotted a young lad wearing a dark zip-up hoodie and matching joggers walking along Burnley Road towards Accrington. Both of his arms were behind his back because he was pulling a blue wheelie bin behind him as he walked. 
Inside the wheelie bin was the body of Lindsay Burbeck. Lancashire police released the CCTV footage to the public in the hope of someone identifying the individual. Unexpectedly, it wasn't a member of the public who informed the police about the boy's identity. 16-year-old Rocky Price was accompanied to a police station by his parents, Credit and Martina, and he admitted to being the one pulling the blue wheelie bin in the CCTV footage. The story will continue after these quick messages. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And now, back to the story. Rocky Marciano Price was so named after legendary heavyweight boxer Rocky Marciano, who went by the nickname the Brockton Blockbuster due to his hailing from the city of Brockton, Massachusetts in the USA. With a knockout record of 87%, Marciano was undefeated in 49 fights and is the only heavyweight boxer in history to retire with an unblemished record. Rocky Price lived with his parents at Winnie Hill Road in Accrington. He has autism and ADHD, which means he finds it difficult to communicate effectively with others. His IQ was once measured at 65, which is classed as extremely low, indicating that he has limited cognitive abilities. The average IQ score for any age group is 100 for reference. Rocky attended St. James Alternative School and was under the guidance of head teacher Kirsty Zwickowski. The school is designed to accommodate pupils from Key Stage 1 to Key Stage 4 that require short-term intervention, respite or support until a positive transition back into mainstream or a special school is achieved. This is done with the support of an Education, Health and Care or EHC plan. One of Rocky's former teachers said that he was a very quiet boy who often kept to himself, but he came into his own during PE and whenever lessons took place outside. He never displayed any behavioural problems and was described as a non-verbal student who struggled to communicate due to his autism. His usual response to conversations would be to simply shrug his shoulders. The school said that violence was not something he appeared capable of, despite displaying unusual strength for his size. Rocky's main passion was nature. He loved being outdoors. Whether it was gardening, observing wildlife or caring for his pets, Rocky loved it all. Martina was even looking into the possibility of getting her son on a landscape gardening course at Myerscough College once he left St. James's. Rocky, like Lindsay, was also a lover of countryside walks and walked in excess of 13 kilometres on one occasion to achieve a Bronze Duke of Edinburgh award. In 2015, Rocky was assessed by a psychologist who concluded that he had a limited understanding of his own emotional well-being and little insight into the link between events and emotions. It was also said to display all the characteristics of someone who could easily be exploited and led astray. The initial thoughts of Rocky's teachers upon hearing of his arrest at the back end of August 2019 was that he could have been asked to move the wheelie bin by someone else. He wouldn't have known how to say no and therefore would have carried out the task without question. 
I'm telling you this not to seek sympathy for Rocky. He was convicted of brutally murdering Lindsay Burbeck after all. The reason I'm going into such detail about Rocky's mental capacity is that there are thousands of people out there that believe he was wrongly convicted of Lindsay's murder. His profile is said to be so far removed from the person responsible for killing Lindsay that it simply could not have been Rocky. His defenders believe he is merely a scapegoat and that the real killer is still out there. Upon being taken into custody, Rocky claimed that he had been approached by an unknown man offering him large sums of money if he disposed of Lindsay's body for him. Despite admitting to having transported Lindsay's body using the wheelie bin and burying it at the cemetery, Rocky denied any involvement in her actual murder. He said, I have not met this man before. I have not met him since, nor have I had any contact with him. He has not paid me any money. He told me that he would leave the money for me near where the body had been at first once everything was clear. The evidence spoke to the contrary, although those who believe he is innocent insist he was convicted on nothing more than circumstantial evidence. One such piece of supposed circumstantial evidence was the testimony of a female witness who was at the coppice shortly before Lindsay. She recalled seeing a lone male, aged between 20 and 25, who was wearing a grey tracksuit with his hood up. He followed her as she walked, but was startled when suddenly she turned round and stared at him. That made him realise that she was aware of his presence. The estimated age range is a tad off though, because Rocky was 16 when Lindsay was killed. Is it possible that a potentially 25-year-old man with a fully developed body could be mistaken for a 16-year-old? Regardless, Rocky was convicted of this crime and was said to have been prowling the coppice for lone females to attack. Again, I'm not saying this is the truth or that I believe the theories regarding a wrongful conviction. I'm simply providing you, the listener, with every component of the story. How you put the pieces together to make a completed puzzle is up to you. Police interviews didn't lead to much after Rocky was arrested, as he answered each of their questions by saying no comment, but a later search of his family's home led to officers reportedly finding uncovered plastic sheets that were indistinguishable to the ones Lindsay's body was wrapped in. Rocky continued to deny having murdered Lindsay and also pleaded not guilty to manslaughter. Instead, he opted to plead guilty to the offence of assisting an offender. His not guilty plea meant that a murder trial was required. Sarah has since said of Rocky's decision to plead not guilty, The fact that he has made us come to court and listen to every graphic detail of my mum's murder when he could have saved us this pain by pleading guilty is unforgivable. On August 12, 2020, a year to the day after Lindsay was last seen alive, the jury at Preston Crown Court unanimously found Rocky Price guilty of murdering Lindsay Burbeck. Two days later, Mrs Justice Yip handed him a life sentence with a minimum term of 16 years. In her closing statement, Mrs Justice Yip said, In my judgment, the defendant's mental disorder cannot in any way excuse or even explain his actions. I have no doubt he knew what he was doing when he killed Lindsay Burbeck and that he knew that killing her was terribly wrong. The attack was swift and brutal. I am sure the defendant lay in wait with the intention of killing a passing woman. Why he decided to kill her, only he knows. If it had not been Lindsay Burbeck, it could have been someone else. This was the entirely random killing of a stranger. Sarah Burbeck said after sentencing, Our lives have been utterly destroyed by the evil, cowardly behaviour of the defendant 
and the horrific manner in which she was murdered. My mum went for a walk on a sunny afternoon in August and never came home. It's unthinkable that something as brutal as this could happen in our close community to someone that was loved so very dearly. To know now that he murdered her for absolutely no reason is heartbreaking and has not sunk in yet. Rocky's family, who remain adamant that he was incapable of murdering Lindsay, attended his sentencing with customised t-shirts that read wrongly convicted free this boy on the front and murderer still at large on the back. Credi Price said, Our son is innocent. He has not got the mental capacity to hurt anyone. He has come from a loving family. He has brothers and sisters that love him and they are all broken hearted. We are not going to stop fighting if it takes us all our lives to find this other man. There's a change.org petition called Justice for Rocky Price, which, at the time of writing, had 3,013 signatures. It claims that several of Lindsay's personal items, such as her clothes, phone, purse, keys and Fitbit, have never been found, all of which would, in theory, have the DNA of her killer on them. The petition also notes that Rocky did not try to conceal or hide any evidence relating himself to the crime and when he was taken to the police station by his family, he openly admitted the part he had taken. Nevertheless, it's important to remember that this is an incredibly difficult topic to discuss, especially for the family and friends of Lindsay. She was a much-loved woman whose selfless and kind-hearted nature will be forever missed. And that was the story of British murderer Rocky Price. Thanks again, Charlie Jennings, for suggesting that case. What do we think? Was Rocky wrongfully imprisoned? Was the case closed down too swiftly? Or was Rocky rightly convicted after brutally murdering Lindsay Burbeck in a seemingly random attack? Let me know your thoughts on social media. I've got eight new reviews to read this week. Olivia left a five-star review on BritishMurders.com titled Bobby Holmes. It reads... I used to think Bobby would interrupt you during your podcast, but I listened to the recent Bobby Holmes episode and I loved it. I showed my friend and she said I sounded a lot like Bobby. Shout out to my friend Christy. Kel R left a five-star review on BritishMurders.com titled Brilliant Podcast. It reads, Stumbled across this and so glad I did. I've always liked the true crime genre and so this is just me. I am currently marathon training and have found Stuart's voice perfect to listen to on my long runs. Thank you. Abby Harris left a five-star review on BritishMurders.com titled Brilliant. Not sure why my voice went high there. It reads, Hi Stuart, love the podcast. I can't believe you've gotten to season eight still with loads of stories. Season nine now, Abby. Please could you do the story about Leslie Whittle? I think it's a despicable story, but one that your listeners would appreciate. That case is already on my to-do list, Abby, but I've added your name to it. Furry underscore bollocks left a three-star review on Apple Podcasts titled Average. It reads, needs more detail and less chit-chat. Not sure who I'm chit-chatting with, it's just me on my own. And it is an overview story, I think it's quite detailed. Never mind. T. Bex left a five-star review on BritishMurders.com titled Amazing. It reads, I found this to listen to on my way to work. I have an hour commute and find it relaxing as I drive the M1. Stuart's voice is calming and gentle, even though he's talking about some violent crimes. Would love to see an episode on Colin Pitchfork. My dad was a policeman on that case, and it's very close to where I live now. That case is also already on my to-do list, but I've added your name to it, T-Bex. 
Laurie left a five-star review on BritishMurders.com titled Wisconsin Review. It reads, Love the crime podcast. Live in Sun Prairie, Wisconsin, USA. Listen to a lot of British anything because of the accents. Bryony left a three-star review on Apple Podcasts. Let's not make three stars a theme. Come on, guys. Titled Love It. It reads, Stumbled across this podcast on our drive home and now I can't get enough. Absolutely love it. Although not quite as much as my child. His calming voice sends her right off to sleep every time. Looking forward to the next one. Thanks, Stuart. Now that sounds like a five-star review to me, Bryony. If that's three stars, then Christ knows how good a five-star must be. And finally, Lizzie G122345666 left a five-star review on Apple Podcasts titled The Goat Podcast. It reads, Not sure how anyone can rate British murders anything less than five stars. Has to be the best podcast I've ever listened to. Absolutely love it and look forward to new episodes every week. Keep up the good work, Stuart. We love you. Oh, how nice. Thank you, Olivia, Kel, Abby, Fairy Bollocks. T-Bex, Laurie, Bryony and Lizzie for leaving the show such lovely reviews and such average reviews. Suppose you'd like to leave a review of the show and have it read on a future episode. You can do that on iTunes, Facebook, Podchaser or at BritishMurders.com. You can leave star ratings on Spotify too. Please keep those coming in. If you want to support the show on Patreon or donate on a one-off basis, you can do that via buying me a coffee. The links for each of those are on my website. Thanks to the anonymous person that bought me five beers via buymeacoffee.com slash BritishMurders. The message left was, love your podcast, also love when Bobby is on. Keep sending your case suggestions to me at britishmurderspodcast at gmail.com. Hit me up on social media if you prefer that way. You will get the episode covered. You'll also get a shout out for your trouble. And that's it for another episode. I've been Stuart Blues. This has been British Murders. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time. Cheerio. Cheerio.